All right, we're coming to you a day late this week, but uh, Tommy made us promise not to spoil the news before him. And you gotta do what the goat requests, even if you are the push-off. Everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Pushdot Podcast, the favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan Finnegan Begin Again, Retire Again, right? <laughs> That's right, Dan. Um, not only do we have plenty of news to hit this week, I'll say it that way, True. we are, we have the matchup. For Super Bowl uh, Louis, as we are calling it here in the Push Up Podcast, Super Bowl uh, LVI, Super Bowl 56, right? Yeah, I'm counting that up, right? Yeah. yeah. LVI, yeah, 56. No, no. Uh, 57. 57. That's right. It's, it's LVII. It's yeah. Super Bowl 57. Wow. Um, Time comes you know, at you fast, these high numbers. <laughs> That's right. Um, and it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to discuss all that happened to get us there. And we have another week and another episode we can talk about to really delve in deep to the game itself. But, uh, yeah, Dan, that's where we begin our discussion this week. It uh, it was not a great championship week. No. Which is... I mean, in the, yeah. it's a bummer. I mean, if you look back, um, I ran through real quickly the championship weeks of the last, like, eight years. There has been at least one fucking slobbernaut. Last year we had uh, Rams-Niners, 17-20. to It's a great game. Defensive yeah. struggle. Uh, Bengals beat well, the Bengals Chiefs. Bengals-Chiefs was good. 27-24 yeah. last year. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal last week. Uh, 2020, we had um, Buccaneers beating the Packers. Bit of a surprise, you know, stealing... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, joy, and the Chiefs beat the Bills pretty substantially in that game, but it was still fun. Still a lot of offense and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of scoring. 2019, sorry to do a recap, Titans got beat pretty badly by the Chiefs, uh, and the Packers got beat pretty badly by the 49ers, but that's, uh, of the last like 10 years, that's one of the only really non-competitive ones, and you got to go all the way back to 2018 when the Rams stole one from the Saints with that horrible, horrible oh, officiating. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was also a great AFC championship game with the D Ford thing where the Patriots uh, beat the Chiefs. So yeah. a lot of lot of good shit. A lot of good shit in the championship. And, game. and you're right. This weekend left something to be desired. I think we were waiting for some uh, some great games, and we got some, you know, not bad ones. We didn't see teams at the top of their power, unfortunately. Um and honestly, I think of this this entire playoffs as like, what, what was the best playoff game we got of the entire route, Dan? I mean, for me, it was the Cowboys beating the Buccaneers pretty badly. That was great. That's true. It's always, it's always your team winning, of course. But that. I think like a straight-up game, and unfortunately, oh, it was, Dan, it might be Cowboys-Niners was, was a close one. I mean, oh, uh, Chargers, Chargers Jaguars. and Jaguars was – that one comes to mind too, but even that had a first half of like – Bills-Dolphins? Oh, pretty rough. You know? Bills-Dolphins was really Bills good. Bills-Dolphins was very good. Um, yeah, Bills-Dolphins was a good one. I, I would say Ravens-Bengals was pretty good. This year, the wild card That's was true. actually pretty solid. 
It's a pretty solid wild card round. The Seahawks got beat pretty badly. Um, you know, the Buccaneers got beat pretty badly, but I thought the wild card round was yeah. pretty nice this year. Uh, divisional. That's actually a good point. Divisional had a couple good ones. Um, you know, Jaguars Chiefs, I thought was pretty solid. Um, Bill Bengals was a real fuck fest. And then uh, Cowboys <laughs> 49ers. Uh, just, I mean, they're called the fuck Yeah, Cowboys 49ers was fucking awful, but it was awful for me. It was a close game. It was a seven point game, so. Yeah. No, it was a solid defensive game like we talked about last week. All right, well, let's get into the ones this week. Um, Let's start with the one that started the uh, the games on Sunday. 49ers-Eagles. Eagles win this one, 31-7. But we all know what happened, and it happened early. Uh, and it's weird to say that uh, losing your third-string quarterback, a Mr. Irrelevant guy who's a rookie who was supposed to be the short stick of your team, yeah. you know, losing him that early costs you your chance to go to the Super Bowl. But how can you not say that isn't the case here when – uh, Purdy goes out in the first drive yeah. with not only a fumble, but what has become now what we know is a torn UCL. It it was awful to watch. Um, I will say this, The though, game or the injury? The game. The game was awful to watch. <laughs> yeah. The first two quarters, though, all I could think of was, holy shit, Josh Johnson might pull this thing off. The game was really? over in the second quarter, though. Game yes. was over in the second quarter. Um, Eagles score when the a touchdown. Three play, three plays later, uh, they force a fumble on Josh Johnson. A bad, yeah, bad fumble. Like if you're a professional in the NFL, you should not fumble the ball like that. And they turn that into that was one where he just took his eyes off it. Right? Yeah, it was he fucking drops the he just the snap. He just dropped the shotgun it. snap. Yeah, yeah, dropped the shotgun snap. And basically, what was potentially a game tying drive turned into what was effectively like at least a 10-point swing. Uh, in my mind, probably a 14-point swing. And so they get a touchdown. There's enough time on the board for the 49ers to at least get in field goal range. And instead, the Eagles get it on the San Francisco 30 and score a touchdown in less than a minute. And then it's over. Um, yeah. At that point, there's not enough offense. There's You literally cannot throw the ball. Uh, San Francisco can't throw the ball anymore. And when you're down by that many scores, even two scores that early in the game, you can't run the ball and catch up against a team like the Eagles, who is also running the ball. You know, yep. you're gonna. They just ran it out of time. They, uh, you're right. The after the injury, the Niners' defense kept them in it with a lot of punts back and forth, and then the McCaffrey uh, wouldn't go down ping pong ball touchdown run started was like wow you're right yeah the Niners are they going to pull this out yeah. with down to fourth string quarterback uh, but that was the moment and the only moment because the Eagles answered it with a long drive of their own right there took so much of that second quarter away that it was like okay and then the yeah the turnover the double dip <laughs> all of it um, if you was not good if you don't count the two kneel downs by Gardner Minshew at the end of the game the Eagles ran the ball 42 times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you look at the stat line, and there's Hertz's stat line is not that great. It's anemic. 121 yards passing. Yeah, he did little, and he didn't have to. And you're right, that was one of the stats I think they threw up at halftime was like both these teams really haven't and haven't had a need to play from behind this year. Yeah. They're very good at playing with the lead, and the Eagles have a two-touchdown lead. You know, it was 21-7 at that point. Um, a little bit, too, is it wasn't fully clean for the Eagles, too. We had a punt that hit, 
nothing and then bounced out about it. It <laughs> yeah. was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. It hit a wire. You couldn't they figure just couldn't out what confirm it. it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, because it completely changes direction in the middle of it. Um, oh, but it, it wasn't clean for the Niners either. You you have a uh, special teams where uh, Bosa's just standing there on the sidelines ready to come in and he gets swiped out f- legs from yeah. under him and he's standing there injured and you're like, they're falling apart. Yeah. They're, and I think it was like a lingering thing that got him later because he was limping around. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a uh, two teams at the height of their power game like we were hoping no. to see. And that's the unfortunateness of this game. So, um, I mean, we could we could talk about, I think the injury is where it just kind of unwound. Everything else from there, yeah. I thought the Eagles played a really solid defensive game. I thought they played smart and conservatively with the ball. They knew they couldn't let the 49ers back into this game. Um, did they even have a turnover? Did the Eagles have a turnover? I don't think they did. Um, yeah. as far as, I don't think I don't, so. They allowed one sack, yeah. and they punted the ball four. Both teams only punted the ball four times. So because the turnovers they're just really was the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah. I, so I don't think the Eagles, the Eagles turned the ball went for the four, Were three for three on fourth down. Because they were five for 15 on third. Yeah, that's a backbreaker. Their offense was just okay in this game, but it was, yeah, it was enough because of how – the Niners couldn't do anything with the ball. So Josh Johnson, then concussion in the second half. They have no yeah. active, healthy quarterbacks. They throw Brock Purdy in there who can't throw the ball more than five yards, according to him, even after yeah. the game. Uh, and so McCaffrey, there's a trick play in there too. Like, I get it. We love Shanahan, but even he can't pull rats. There's a limit. <laughs> rats. I, I mean, he yeah, really yeah, was. But, At that point, he was pulling rats out of his hat. <laughs> Where you're like, I, they're biting me. They're biting like, me. Uh, rabbits f- deep out of his ass, but it came out rats. Um, yeah. Um, so just that's what we got for this game. So if you're a football yeah. fan, the injury that he had was an injury to his UCL, which is his ulnar collateral ligament, which is also known mm-hmm. as the ligament that uh, is the inspiration for Tommy John surgery mm. in baseball. So it's. This is basically rookie of the year thing, right? He's gonna come back with it even tighter. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Funky butt but love that, it. <laughs> that's the question. It's a six month injury, from yeah. what I heard. Um, all of a sudden, these Forty uh, ers uh, who lost to the Eagles in the championship game are my Minnesota Vikings of twenty seventeen <laughs> heading into their off season. You have three quarterbacks. You have no quarterbacks. Everyone's injured. And who do you trust on? So the only real difference here is uh, they gave up way much more for their young quarterback in um, Trey Lance than the Vikings did with uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Sure. Teddy Bridgewater had a much worse injury. Yeah. So they can trust Trey Lance, maybe go back to him. We moved on from Teddy Bridgewater. But there's an opportunity here. And the Niners have kind of already said that maybe only Jimmy Garoppolo's leaving. But they could say goodbye to all three and really start over if they found a good fit. I I think but. it makes no sense to move on uh, from Purdy. From Trey Lance. Oh, from Purdy. Oh, from Purdy. So it makes no sense to move on from Purdy. It really makes no sense to move on from Trey Lance either because apparently you need at least three fucking quarterbacks here <laughs> if you're a 49ers yeah, team. The, so Trey okay. Lance is only making $9 million a year. As a backup, that's phenomenal. Brock Purdy, I think, is making uh, – how much money you got in your pocket right now, <laughs> Scott? <laughs> Things roughly yeah. well, rookie. Yeah, yeah, roughly there. He's gonna. He actually is making less than a million dollars next year. So he's making eight hundred eighty-nine thousand dollars next year. He's gonna make way more money in endorsements 
than he's ever going to make as an yeah. NFL player, you know, in this rookie contract. That's a neat thing to kind of look at is we should somebody should really look. I think I sent you like the TikTok of uh the amount of money uh some of the quarterbacks have made like per throw. Yeah. He's got to be on the opposite end of that spectrum. Oh, yeah. Like per throw and the and the least amount of money. Absolute fucking bargain. <laughs> he's such a young rookie. Yeah. So, I mean, the Jimmy um, G situation, Jimmy G is not coming back. There's no reason to keep Jimmy G. However, at this point, yeah. There would be uh, a good situation for a veteran quarterback to come in here and win the job or at least right. challenge Brock Purdy and Trey Lance for the job. You know, perhaps a quarterback yep. who always wanted to be a 49er, perhaps a quarterback who uh, grew up in California and was mad when they drafted Alex Smith instead of him. Perhaps you'd have to spend a lot of money on that guy, but I guess if you're not spending a lot of money on a quarterback, you have that money. There's a, not, there's a lot uh, of like, they are actually 5 million under the cap for next year. Right now, they're five million under the cap. Are they going to have to start paying Nick Bosa? And there's, there's a handful of guys that are going to need to get paid, start getting so, paid there, right? Uh, yeah, but that's the good thing. Nick Bosa is making seventeen million dollars next year on his fifth year option. So oh, since it's his fifth, fifth year, year option, um, they're going to want to sign him to an extension that's going to drop his cap number maybe down the cap. seven or yep. seven or eight million dollars. Um, you have. What would really suck is if Trent Williams uh, retires for them. If Trent Williams stays with the team, that is a great thing for them, um, especially if he can give them some cap help because he's a $27 million hit. Eric Armstead's a $24 million hit. Both of those guys can be extended and have that kind of leveled out. You can easily make about $30 million worth of cap room um, with this team right now. And the 49ers are not loath to give up draft picks for a chance to win, to they are around. they are so fucking close, and they know it. Yeah, no, you're right. They're going to be certainly buyers moving on, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. That division shouldn't be going anywhere. Everybody there, I mean, the, the Cardinals have a reset probably on its way, um, but other than that, I figure everybody else is probably ready to. Uh, I'm ready yeah. to compete. I everybody mean, else is ready to some, go. Yeah. You know that's a tough yeah. division. You need to you need to have quarterback depth. Obviously, Brock Purdy staying around. Trey Lance, unless you get an offer that you need to package him to move for a veteran quarterback, um, I would actually be very interested to see what the Vikings want to do with Kirk Cousins. I think a Kirk <laughs> Cousins to the 49ers trade makes a ton of sense. They've said, yeah, that's come up. It seems. A lot due to that connection with uh, Shanahan. It, but. It's Shanahan. It's cap issues. It's basically saying, hey, how do we move forward? Are the Vikings in a rebuild? You know, because the 49ers clearly aren't. Are the Vikings in a rebuild? If they are, wouldn't you like Trey Lance or maybe Brock Purdy? They got They certainly got to free up some cap space themselves. We'll get to the whole cap number uh, down the line here. We got that this week. Um, the other side of the ball, the Philadelphia Eagles. Moving on to the Super Bowl. I know it's uh, not something that Dan wanted to hear this season, but uh, here we are and we're a football podcast, so we've got to give them <sighs> their props. They've certainly uh, had a easy go about it here in the playoffs, riding through uh, maybe an easy go about it. All the way, you know, there's an argument there. Um, people talk about an e- the easy route here in the playoffs, given that they had Daniel Jones and the Giants in the second round. I mean, and that's, you know, no fault. But the Vikings, you know, letting them win. And then these 49ers with the injury to Brock Purdy and getting Josh Johnson. 
uh, other f- um, easy routes in the recent past. A couple from the Patriots. 2017, they got Marcus Mariota in the second round, and then Blake Bortles in the championship round of the Jaguars. And back in 2011, they got Tim Tebow, Broncos, and Joe Flacco's Ravens. Uh, yeah, they played uh, the son of Christ himself and the elite dragon Joe <laughs> Flacco. I mean, that's that's a pretty tough haul, man. That's That might have been one of the toughest roads I've ever heard of. And those teams had had some very good defenses too, um, and so did the Niners. So, yeah, it's an interesting kind of look at it. But, no, I don't know. Uh, your thoughts on these Eagles? They seem to be uh, at least heading into the, uh, the Super Bowl with, with high... Uh, confidence that's the word (laughs) have you ever met a beautiful woman that you couldn't stand (laughs) okay all right i'm with you bitch but if you had to rate her honestly you'd be like ah she's a straight fucking miami nine god damn it she's (laughs) a miami nine you'd be mad about it because she'd be like i fart in soups you know like i (laughs) i'm horrible to i'm horrible to kids you're like oh god you're so hot that's the Eagles. That's the Eagles for me right now. I hate them. I hate them so much. But if you're if you're building a football team, if I am building a football team, I would build it like the Eagles. I would have a deep stable of running backs. I would have a road grader offensive line. I would have a quarterback that doesn't make uh, bad fucking decisions or interceptions, throws him, like wins those short yardage situations. I would have a defense yeah. that has a rotation of like eight really, really good D linemen, fast linebackers, good corner. I mean, their secondary is their weak spot, but it's still pretty fucking good. Um, there's no holes in this fucking team. There's no holes in this team. Mm-mm. And they've had an easy route, finger quotes, but they've also right. beaten everybody. And they beat right. the shit out of the Niners. Sure, there's injuries, but there's injuries all the time. Jalen Hurts got injured. He was out for days. They had Gardner Minshew, who didn't look fucking awful. You know? He lost to the Cowboys, but the Cowboys needed that way worse, and Gardner Minshew was knocking rust off. They still took the Cowboys pretty close with backups and shit. This is a well-built team, and I hate it. (laughs) There's a lot of weapons on the ground game for them, um, and then adding, like, A.J. Brown through the air and another year, Devonta Smith... Listen, Devonta Smith did not make that catch early on that that one, but uh, was good enough to he, convince somebody he did. There you go, and it wasn't a challenge, and nobody jumped on the the horn there to get it fixed, uh, refs or coaches alike. So I can't take it away from him. Sometimes Des um, makes a catch that wasn't. Sometimes Devonte doesn't a catch that was. It's very complicated. Doesn't in the a NFL. catch that was, but they're coming upon them. Yeah, they they're getting better as the, uh, uh, with the age there and you know yeah Dallas Goddard and other things to that so yeah there's plenty of weapons there and the Eagles are uh, gonna need them against the Kansas City Chiefs let's make that segue huh? oh yeah let's move on to uh, the next game uh, because listen 31 to 7 usually those games will go into two minute no offense mm-hmm. but that's what we got this week let's talk about Bengals Chiefs Bengals 20 Chiefs 23 the AFC champions will be the Kansas City Chiefs uh, they have returned again. They've knocked off the other uh, ones from just last year, Cincinnati Bengals. This one was a back-and-forth one. I mean, the Bengals were playing catch-up uh, throughout this game. It was the uh, Chiefs scoring, then the Bengals coming and tying it up pretty much throughout. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, the um, halftime was 13 to 6, but immediately the Bengals started tying it up after that. So we had Mahomes certainly still dealing with an injury, saw it in the game, didn't really affect too much of his mobility. Um, certainly didn't affect his throwing. All yep. that looked good. He threw for three twenty six and two touchdowns. Um, and didn't look then, like he was having uh, problems. Oh, there was no, no, not really. And then there was a random thing where we thought maybe uh, their tight end uh, Kelsey wasn't going to play, but he seemed fine yeah, too. He was right. So not sure what was going on there, but they both played and they were fine. And they get two weeks now heading into the Super Bowl to to heal heal up there, but um. Yeah, from this game, Chiefs defense certainly gave Burrow a big old problem. I mean, five sacks. They were they were in his face all day. He had to he had to move around constantly. You were it was very obvious quickly and throughout that he was a whole lot less comfortable than he was in Buffalo for this game, and that's what I saw as kind of the reason why the Chiefs took the edge in this one. Yeah, Spagnola had a great game plan, um, and there is no one on the Buffalo Bills, with Von Miller out, that is a Chris Jones-level talent. And Chris Jones was wreaking havoc in this game because this is Buffalo's second-string offensive line. I mean, we got to remember that. There's a second-string offensive line. And what they were able to do in Buffalo was surprisingly run the ball down Buffalo's throat. They could not run for the life of them in this game. The Chiefs basically said, you are not going to run this fucking ball on us. Joe Mixon had eight carries for less than three yards a carry. That's yeah. that's not good. That's not good. That's not good enough. You need a guy like Joe Burrow, or sorry, Joe Mixon, to get 80 yards in a game like this. You need to have a guy that's going to keep it honest, but they were able to get pressure. They were able to kind of pin their ears back on Burrow. I know he's got mm-hmm. two interceptions in this game. The last interception that he threw, which you know by no means was that the end of the game for them. They had another possession that came after. Um, right. If you knock it, it was basically a punt, you know. Like it was, it was third and three. It was like a tip to tip yeah, kind it was of thing, like, wasn't it? Too. It was like, yeah, it was a little tip drill over to his. Yeah, it was a little tip yeah. drill. T Higgins, but both of his interceptions were actually to T Higgins, uh, you know, or attempts to T Higgins. But that that didn't fuck him up. I mean, that literally put the uh, that put him at the Kansas City fourteen. You know, that Kansas City got the ball on their own fourteen yard line. That's effectively a punt anyway. It doesn't matter. They got it back. And that was mm-hmm. where you could see Kansas City was really pinning their ears back and was just going after him. And it was it was hard for Burrow to get anything going. Um, and then, truly, the end of this game, yeah. this was a sloppily officiated game all the way through. Yes. And yeah. very, ta- very favorable to the Chiefs. Very favorable to the Chiefs. However... Right. In the end, yeah. Go ahead. The, the referees had nothing to do with a 29-yard punt return at the end of the game. No. That was a 29-yard punt return. You That is a huge special teams failure. Now, there was that extra third down that was bullshit. Total bullshit. Yeah. Didn't wind up affecting the game, you know, in the long run. People say, oh, like, you were able to take another minute off the clock. Yeah, I guess they kind of were. I guess they were. But at the same time, it didn't really affect the outcome of the game. There are no points scored. It didn't really affect the outcome of the game, but before we pass that up, what is kind of a uh, backbreaker when I remember it was they they redid the play, the Bengals get a sack, mm-hmm. and yet they still threw a flag in the secondary Eli for Apple, holding. Yeah. And 
Yeah, and it was. He held. He absolutely yeah. did. But it was like, oh my god! Like you, there was like, you gave him that extra one. They still stopped him, but yet didn't, and that hurt so much. But you're right. In the long run, they still had to give the ball back. It is very difficult to win in the NFL um, if you don't play perfectly. And the Bengals, especially this late in the game, yeah, in the season, yeah. the Bengals by no means played perfectly, but neither did the Chiefs. And the Chiefs just kind of got more opportunities at it. Um, sure. The thing that sucks is that was at the end of the game clearly a roughing the passer. That was a roughing the passer. Yep. He was clearly out of bounds. He got an extra push. That is a roughing the pass. That's unnecessary. Right, not roughing the passer. Unnecessary roughness. Hitting a player out of bounds. No other way to call it. No other way to call it. Right. It was brutal because they were on the Cincy 47. Uh, he went down uh, and was like injured too. And I thought initially, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe it was like he already hurt his knee and he was using Mahomes to brace him. But then when you looked back in slow motion, I was like, no, he chased him down, yeah. put his hands on way too late. And then the knee injury, thank God, I don't think was as bad as it looked because it looked like he blew his knee out immediately after that. I was like, how could that not get any worse for Osai? And poor guy. And then they, they love to throw the camera in his face. Um, that stuff, too. Had a great game. The the broadcast, I was getting a little tired of. Uh, not not so much the Osai stuff at the end, but the first game, Brock Purdy. Like, he's not even playing then. Let's yeah. move on. They just, like, you're like, uh, but we have a lot of things to say about him. Well, the, like, I get it. Yeah, the Purdy thing get, was tough because they're on. like, is he coming back? Like what's going on? Is he coming right, back? Like, right. Because he put something on his elbow. Like they didn't. They didn't take his helmet away. He came back into the game, but couldn't do anything. Right. I get that. No, a and bit. I get it. It was that. It was. It was hanging in the air. But yeah. Um. This one. The the okay. So you're we're talking about the the penalties. I didn't mean to cut you off. The Osai thing at the end certainly was, and it unfortunately does just kind of cost the game, and, and it's. It puts him in the crosshairs too, and we saw that video of, um, oh, who's the? It's the linebacker Pratt, just yelling at him. Why are you even touching him, man? Why you don't touch the quarterback? Which no one was like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, that's fine to do. <laughs> like that's, you know, right? You, you got to remember, but I this as well. Season this ended. is the tough thing. That was a twenty-yard run. That was a twenty-yard yeah. run. And, we were counting the uh, the penalty. 20, yeah, but it was a five yard run. It was a five yard run. Adding on the fifteen for yeah. it was a five yard run with eight seconds left. If it's a five yard run with eight on seconds, on a bad left, ankle, on a bad ankle, you can. There is still a chance for Kansas City, especially the way Kansas City has done, to potentially get a field goal there anyway. You know, fifteen yards it would have been helps. like a. Well, yeah, because 15 back would have been like a 60-yarder, so they would have tried probably one more play with that eight seconds, mm-hmm. something there. And Kansas City, yeah, probably would have found Valdez Scantling or somebody over there on the sidelines, sure. Yeah. yeah. So it still could have not been Osai. It's not fully Osai's fault. Osai didn't throw two You got four quarters or... to win this fucking game. You got four right. quarters to win this game, and they didn't win it. And, yeah, it it sucks that it comes down to this guy on this penalty, but there were points left on the board this whole game by Cincinnati. Um, or we would have just gone to overtime. Yeah, and then, and then what happens knows? there, you know? Like, it's... Right. Yeah, I... I it would have been fun to see it. It would have oh, been yeah. fun to see these two teams play another quarter. But you can't blame Osai. But, yeah. You know, you can... The Bengals are had a good year. Bengals had a good year, but you mm-hmm. can tell they are not as talented as the Kansas City Chiefs. They're just not. 
You know, they need some more help. Um, I hope Joe Burrow's contract is fucking ludicrous, but uh, I hope it, it keeps their window uh, nice and wide because I love watching these Bengals play. I think they're built well. They're built the way I like teams. Um, yeah. Once again, they got a good defense. That offensive line that they did completely overhaul, I think it's only going to be no better next year. To, yeah, no fault for trying for that, that it, that it fell apart that way it did. Yeah, they um, did everything. They did everything they could. Every yep. team in the NFL that feels like they're in that window is doing everything they can. They really, really are. And injuries just fuck you up. The 49ers did everything they could, and injuries fuck them up. You know, the yeah. Bengals did everything they could, and injuries fucked them up. You could even say that about Bills. The Bills got Von Miller specifically for these playoff situations. And he didn't make it. And right? he didn't get there. Yeah. You know, you, you cannot, you have to get to the dance, and you got to see what players you got left over when you're there. And uh, the Bengals came in limping, and everybody else came in limping, and uh, unfortunately, Pat Mahomes is leaving limping. <laughs> NFL's adding weeks and stuff and adding games here before you even get to the playoffs now. Yeah. Like, no wonder you got players like Odell that's like, call me up in week 16 yeah. and I'll look and see if it's worth it for my time yeah. and my body. Attrition is becoming a much bigger factor in the NFL, what we're seeing. I mean, it's yeah. always been a 100% injury league, but attrition is becoming a huge component of the way you structure your plans for this. And right yeah, now, when we the healthier team, you know, is probably the fucking Eagles. <laughs> Yeah. Probably healthier. Meaning where we're at, leaning up to Super Bowl 57, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs. This is happening in uh, two weeks. What is it going to be? February the, I'm pulling up the calendar, 13th, what is it? Yeah, so it's February 12th. Not opening. Thank you, 12th. So you can can say, oh, it's Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yeah, right, evening there, uh, the 12th, February. Um, That'll be... Super Bowl, it's it is the Kelsey Brothers Bowl. That'll be talked about plenty, but that's pretty impressive too. These are two brothers at probably the top of that position in the game. Yeah, center and tight end, probably the best guys you could get there, and they're brothers playing each other in the Super Bowl. That's pretty impressive. And Andy Reid Bowl, man, we got Philadelphia Eagles' old team firing him, and he immediately picks up with uh, Kansas City, like he's. You know, hasn't missed a beat, and here we are now uh, playing his old team in the Super Bowl. There is a little connection with uh, the current, yeah, coach. Did you hear about the Sirianni and the coaching staff? Sirianni was with uh, the Chiefs when Andy Reid came over. Quality control coach and quarterbacks coach. Well, yeah, assistant quality coach. He was he was let go because Andy Reid brought his own coaching staff with him and stuff like that. So. Uh, in a way, Andy Reid kind of, you know, was cause of firing him. So you could say Sirianni's looking for a little redemption himself maybe in this game. Who's not? I don't know. In fairness to Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni was fired from the Chiefs in 2012 when he was their wide receivers coach. During Had one of <laughs> yeah. the worst fucking wide receiver cores in the history of the NFL in 2012. So There was a reason why the, Chief, the Chiefs were looking for new coaching yeah. at that good time too, good for him for recovering but my god that mm-hmm. was one of the worst wide receiver classes ever um and yeah this will be in glendale arizona it's the state farm stadium uh which oh, pat mahomes is his spokesperson for mm-hmm. interesting mm. no it's uh he uh it was be yeah arizona stadium which uh had a couple of super bowls recently too um 
but uh, the NFL just picks out Super Bowl locations now uh, on their own. So that's where we're at for this one. Um, we're going to probably delve deep into the Super Bowl next week, too, because we have that one uh, with this week off for the for the Pro Bowl games, mm-hmm. as they are. But, uh, yeah, Dan, anything early impressions of this one? Um, as far as the game goes, I think it's uh, it's actually super fucking interesting to me. You know, you've got a you've got an Eagles team, like I said, built very very well, has those offensive threats. They have not been tested by a D coordinator that's this good since probably Dan Quinn. Um, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the late in the season against Dallas, this is a relatively healthy Kansas City team facing a relatively healthy um, Eagles team. I I think as long as it's not too big uh, for Jalen Hurts, and he's a guy that played in Alabama, played in the national championship game, basically was the you know won a national championship with the fucking Crimson Tide. I, I don't think it's going to be too big for him. Um, I just hope Nick Sirianni doesn't get fucking cute. You know, I hope this just doesn't mm-hmm. become we only run and Kansas City only puts the ball in Pat Mahomes' hands. I'm looking for a balanced game all the way throughout. Uh, but I think it's going to be great, man. I think the matchups are fucking interesting, and we can break it down a bit more specifically next week um, after the Pro Bowl. But, yeah, this is going to be a hoot. Two number one seeds. Uh, so they're both uh, fresh with not having to play the wild card round. They had their home uh, crowds going through there, and now uh, they both meet at the alternate site uh, in a little over a week. So we'll come back next week. We'll talk more about Super Bowl. Uh, Louis, as we talk, Louis, as we're yeah. calling it here, I look, I was looking back at all of our other ones and you were talking about next year can be Super Bowl. I, uh, crazy train for mm-hmm. I, 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 we've had, we had Super Bowl, I think L I, 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 uh, already. I wonder if that wasn't close to that. I too, think it was Super Bowl lie. Lie for that one. Yeah. That makes more sense. Maybe. Um, yeah. Somebody, Hey, the super fans go back, listen to our episodes. Tell us where we're at. <laughs> You have somebody that can do that for us. Um, okay, well, those are the games. Those are Super Bowl. Let's jump in a little bit of the news. We've got some big coaching hires. Oh, before uh, that's what we'll leave you. Before we yes. do, I'd mentioned oh. that the 2012 Kansas City Chiefs were fucking awful. Uh, their their leading receivers were Jonathan Baldwin, who had oh, yes. 20 catches for 325 yards, and remember no. this name, Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow somewhere over the Dwayne Bow. Had 59 catches for 801 yards. Real bad situation. Uh, only four TDs between those two wide receivers. Good job, Nick Sirianni. Hey, everybody's about living and learning, but that was a bad year for wide receiver coaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he's bounced back. He's now head coach here, so we see what happens. Um, all right, so let's yeah, let's move on to some of uh, the coaching hires. We got some big news here. I think the biggest one is the Sean Payton hire, so we'll talk about that one first. Yep. Hired as Broncos head coach. Uh, Denver Broncos now in order to get Sean Payton and to pay him what is going to be five years, somewhere between 17 and $20 million per year is the report. Hui. No salary cap they, they for coaches. Had to give the, yeah, they had to give the Saints draft picks because technically he was still under contract with the Saints. So the Saints are getting... Yes, the 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 Broncos 2023 this year's first round pick and next year's second round pick for the ability to hire Sean Payton and they are going to get back the Broncos uh next year's 2024's third round pick. 
And in fairness, it is actually San Francisco's first-round draft pick. I was going to ask you that because Denver Broncos' first-round draft pick was given up last year to get Russ Wilson. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so now they do have a first-round pick because they got it from the Niners for who again? What was this, Trey? I actually think they got it from the Dolphins. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty sure they got it from the Dolphins. Um, for uh, through Bradley the, Chubb. the Niners or whatever else too, because of yeah, the Dolphins don't have their first round pick because of all that stuff. So, anyways, um, that makes sense. So here we are. Uh, that's a late first round pick that's going to the Saints, but a first round pick nonetheless. Uh, Broncos technically giving up what last two first round picks for now Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. So, yeah, like I think I told you, two guys that are really good about a decade ago. <laughs> and, but here's the interesting thing, right? If this works, this is like sort of the only shit that makes sense. You're trading your first round draft pick for a head coach and a quarterback, the two most important yeah, positions yeah. in all of NFL. And you're traded a, you know, the 30th overall pick. It's not like this is a top 10 pick or a top five pick. It still sucks. Still a lot of value. They still need help. They, this could well, have been the one. The one the Seahawks are getting was that's Russ that Wilson. was for Russ so Wilson, yeah. yeah. But so there's when they one made of those is a top five. When they made that trade, it made all the sense <laughs> in the world. You know what I mean? Like in hindsight, well, in that hindsight that made yeah. all the sense in the world. Right now, this Sean Payton trade, I think it's a little rich. You know, the fact that they're giving up a second round pick as well, and I know they're getting a third back, but that's not really a good balance. I'd say if they were giving up a third and getting a second back, I'd I'd like this trade. Um, sure, but yeah, I. If it works, if it works, if it works and Sean Payton is able to get Russ Wilson back together, he has got better offensive weapons in Denver. If Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy come back healthy and he gets a nice little running back situation going on there, they've got better weapons with the exception of the quarterback position than maybe he ever had in New Orleans, like way back to the Michael Thomas, Marcus Colston days. You know, this is a this is a Denver team that is ready to go and ready to play. Um and they might be able to still attract a, a couple free agents here, especially with a guy like Sean Payton. Sean Payton uh, left the Saints last uh, a year ago, mostly because they were what running out of money. Didn't think he could win there anymore. They were running out of money. Uh, Drew, Drew Brees, Brees was gone. retired. Yeah, it was it was a full rebuild. You know, he didn't want to do another fucking season with uh, Jameis Winston. You know, it's like so he walks out for a year, does some TV. And now he's back. Has it ever worked out? And I'm, I'm racking your brain here, so I'm not going to hold you to it, where a coach has left for a full year mm -hmm. and returned and had success. Bill Parcells and the not, Cowboys. Is that right? Bill Parcells, Parcells and the Cowboys. And then came back yeah. for the Cowboys. Got him back to the playoffs. Okay. Uh, you know, that was the Tony Romo Bill Parcells. You know, that was Vinny Testaverde, Drew, Red, Drew Bledsoe. Patriots, right? After he left Patriots, he was off, gone for a bit, and then he came back for the Cowboys, and then what, he went Cowboys to Jets immediately? Well, he, that no, that he went Patriots, retired, went to the Jets, retired, went to the Cowboys. <laughs> okay, okay. Came back from retirement twice. Yeah. All right. Came back from retirement twice. Um, you could make the argument that Mike Shanahan uh, – no, did he? No, he went straight from the Broncos. You can make the argument that Joe Gibbs had a decent amount of success coming back. If I'm being honest, you know, um, from Redskins to Rams. Yeah, was that right? The, it was? the best example, honestly, honestly, is Dick Vermeil, 
with uh, with the Rams. Oh, for Meal was Rams. Yeah, you know, Dick for Meal basically true. took years off after the Eagles shit and uh, and came back and coached the Rams. He coached the Eagles from '76 to '82, and then he came back in 1997 to coach the Rams. That was a long, yeah. So it it has That's happened wild. before. This is not, you know, this is not the first time I can think of. I mean, obviously a couple off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's like three or four more coaches I'm not even thinking about that did a pretty good and job. And he was only gone a year. He was only gone a year and not, not nearly as much as Vermeil there. So there you go. Okay. Maybe Mike um, McCarthy? I don't fucking know. <laughs> now, one of the reasons why the Broncos are hiring Sean Payton, or apparently is, the rumors are, is that their number one pick turned him down. And that was D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers is now going to be head coach of the Houston Texans. Uh, had interviews a lot last year, too. Um, who also, these Texans were doing interviews. I don't know if he had an interview with the Texans last year. I would assume so if they have this much interest in him this year. I thought they hired Lovey really interest- quick. Because they, they did. They also was fired there. what was his nuts, the guy that was there that everybody knew was Cully. a fucking dead man. David yeah, David Cully. Cully. <laughs> and and but Lovey was man. the defensive coordinator there at the time, so there was that in already there, yeah. But here goes Domingo Ryan's now defensive coordinator, or excuse me, will be head coach of the Texans. Uh, Broncos apparently desperately wanted to get him. In fact, he turned him down. They still asked him again before they finally made the deal to trade and hire Sean Payton. So, yeah, D'Amico Ryan's to the Texans. I think it's great. D'Amico Ryan's is a former second-round pick, one of the early Texans players, you know, when right. uh, when the Texans were actually starting to turn things around. Like, he was the defensive captain during the Matt Schaub days. Um, they were able to trade him, and it wasn't really acrimonious. Uh, they were able to trade him to the Eagles, where he had a good um, second half of his career. D'Amico Ryan's has always been a good defensive mind. You know, he comes from a Nick Saban, Alabama you know, this was this was D'Amico Ryan's way back when. Um, he's always been productive. He's been a good D coordinator for a long time. He's a good linebackers coach for a long time. Um, this is still a really, really young head coach with a ton of potential. And he's going to a really, really young team, you know, with yeah. with a lot of salary cap room, with a lot of draft picks. He's going to be able to build this team the way he wants to. Um, whether that's going to be successful, I you know, Every young head coach probably needs a good offensive coordinator that's maybe got go. a little bit of, you know, got some miles in him that you can kind of counterbalance, you know. You don't you don't want to be young guys all across the board. Especially D'Amico Ryans. He's a defense coordinator. He, I don't think he's called offensive plays in his career. He, I don't think he's the guy for that. So he has to have a good hire of offensive coordinator, and then they have to go find the franchise QB. They have to read do that too so this is a blank slate on the offensive side still with this hire it still is but yeah we like it because you put a defensive uh guy in, in a mindset in there and give this guy his chances for you know first head coach and gig and see what he can do because he certainly turned around that uh, san francisco defense uh in the short time he was there uh did he turn it around he turned around what they showed was uh the rush uh um, records of them, basically their their record against the rush for San Francisco when Domingo Ryan's took over, took it from twenty eh, something in the league to top ten, and they think that's where the Texans' issues lie here. I so maybe you can fix that. I mean, think about who has 
who's on his defense. You know. Yes, he built a defense there with some stars in San Francisco. Well, he walked That's into sure. a defense that had some stars. I mean, Demigo Ryan's I think has been the defense coordinator for three years. Joey Bosa was there. Eric Armstead was early. Nick Bosa. Or, sorry, Nick Bosa was there. Eric Armstead was there. Fred Warner. You know, you could say Fred Warner's probably a, he's had a big influence. I thought the on trade him. for. Uh, oh no, I was thinking of who they trade. Uh, Oh, they traded, what's his name, away to the Colts. Yeah, they traded him for a first-round pick, and they got uh, Javon Kinlaw instead. Kinlaw. Yeah. That, and that was a Ryan's pick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're hoping that he builds a new defense there in Houston with the money and the draft picks and everything. Uh, Stingley coming off of his injuries. We'll see. I mean, the fact um, that the 49ers, this is a John Lynch 49ers team. You know, this is a 49ers team that has been – you know, very yeah, much molded. Been spending the money. You know, yeah. maybe they bring in Brian Cushing to be the GM of the Texans. You know, <laughs> who fucking knows? You get some former player to work with him. It was interesting. This, like, I heard news that the Niners were asking to interview people for defensive coordinator before I heard that D'Amico Ryans was hired as the head coach of the Texans. It was like, well, where's. You know, you heard he was interviewing around. There must have been a deal out there, and he was just kind of deciding the the intricacies of it because uh, that news broke right around the same time the Sean Payton stuff did. Um, the first head coaching news, though, that broke this week was Carolina Panthers hiring Frank Reich mm-hmm. as their new head coach, uh, the old Indianapolis Colts head coach, who was just fired here this season. Um doesn't take long for him to, to re-land again as Carolina Panthers head coach. What do you think of this? I think it makes sense. Uh, you know, we're talking about a guy that for three years, the Colts were this close to being relevant. I mean, Frank Reich has had a tough haul as a coach. He walks into a place where they think, hey, we can, you can take Andrew Luck the next step. And then Andrew Luck's like, yeah, you know what, I'm actually fucking out of here. And then right. it's just a revolving door of like veteran mid-tier quarterbacks and he can you know kind of stay afloat you know kind of keep his head above water but you know this is once you lose a a fucking franchise QB the fact that you can even keep that situation under control for as long as you do is kind of admirable to Frank Reich uh nobody ever thought he was a bad coach I think after a while you're just in too deep and so it's good for him to have a fresh start he's going to be able to absolutely clear that quarterback room Um, you know, they're not committed to fucking anybody next year and, uh, you know, maybe get a young guy, maybe get a veteran that wants to play with him. I, I doubt very much, uh, that we're going to see, um, you know, what's his nuts from the Washington fuck nuts, uh, actually make their way down there. So, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Carson. I, I don't think Carson's coming down to, to Carolina, but. Um, After the first time, yeah, they did that stuff. You're right. I think they'll stay away from that. But Reich has been able to attract veteran quarterbacks to him, and I think that's more of an indictment of, like, Carolina thinks, hey, we need a veteran guy. This defense pretty good. You know, if we can get a veteran guy in here to stabilize and maybe Matt Coral can be something, um, you know, this is the guy to take us there. Yeah, it, that didn't work for Frank Reich and Indy, though, but uh... – We'll see if they want to try that here in Carolina. You're right. Give him another chance doing that stuff, or build up his own, you know, new quarterback. Like, yeah, if he can. Um, so they've got another a, they've interest- got a top ten pick. There's probably right. going to be a guy. Do you know how much they have in salary cap space right now? Oh my God! Panthers. 
Probably quite a bit, right? Negative. They're ten million over the cap. Oh wow, that's fucking shocking to me. Um, another interesting thing about this hire is with uh, comparison to Miko Ryan's, Frank Reich was an old Carolina Panther. Mm-hmm. He was, in fact, uh, their first one of their starting quarterbacks. Yes, in the uh, inaugural year with Kerry Collins that year, I think he actually maybe threw the first touchdown pass of Carolina Panthers. Yep. Uh, franchise or whatever. So, Former yeah, QB there's one. that other connection too. You, you know, it's going to come down that you can only hire old players that used to play for you <laughs> as your head coach for that team. Well, it's going to be fun. D'Amico's fine with it, right, dude? Um, oh my god, Christian McCaffrey yeah. counts almost 19 million dollars against the cap next year for the Still. Carolina Panthers, and Robbie god. Anderson's almost 10 million. Oh my god. So, all right. Well, he's he's inheriting some some issues. He's going to have to. To work with the uh, front office there and, b- and build it up back up. Um, yeah, it's an interesting hire by Tepper, too, thinking that the new... Because um, he took over ownership of this team. Did He hired on Rule, didn't he? he hired, Matt Rule was a big acquisition for him. He's like, this is my okay. guy. He rebuilt Temple. He's going to rebuild this team. Yeah, that didn't work. And no, that's news also today. Matt Rule uh, suing the Carolina Panthers, trying to get $5 million back. As he believes they're not holding up part of his contract. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it's it's not Matt Rule's fault that they signed a fucking terrible contract with Matt Rule. <laughs> you know, there you go. If any, I mean, yeah. go get that bag, son. I mean, David Tepper's got the money. Just fucking part with it. It's not like Matt yeah. Rule tried to suck. You know, <laughs> you got to keep your commitments. Um, let's talk about the other coordinator hires. Uh, we talk about Sean Payton getting that head coaching job at uh, Denver. That was open because Nathaniel Hackett got uh, let go. Nathaniel Hackett has found himself a new job. He is going to be the offensive coordinator of the New York Football Jets. Mm-hmm. The uh, Yeah, interesting hire, uh, bringing Hackett in uh, after the mess in uh, Denver. They want to see if uh, he can just uh, return back to his Successful ways as he was offense coordinator just a year prior in Green Bay. Coordinator skill sets are very different from head coach skill sets. You know, uh, I always talk about, uh, who's my fucking guy? Wade Phillips. One of the best D coordinators in history. Couldn't head coach his way out of a fucking paper bag. But guys loved him as a D coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett might be that. He might be an offensive coordinator. Frank Reich might be an offensive coordinator. We don't know. We're going to find out. Um Mm -hmm. But I, I think this is a good landing spot for him. I know there's all the intrigue about maybe he can bring Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't give a fuck. Aaron Rodgers is going to play for anybody that will pay him and put him in a situation to win a Super Bowl. That's the way it's going to go. Yeah. And uh, the reason why the Jets' offense coordinator position is open is because they let Matt LaFleur go. Matt LaFleur, who is um, he's relate, isn't he brother to uh, LaFleur for Green yeah, Bay? Yeah, that's his brother. So that also kind of would feel maybe weird for Rodgers, but who's to say? He moves on to another offensive coordinator position. He's going for the Rams' offensive coordinator position. Which makes sense. Yeah, it's a good fit for him there. Uh, Matt LaFleur to the Rams. Because LaFleur um, and McVay are all buddies, you know? Yes. They're all buddies. They, yeah, Sal and McVay, they're, it's, a fucking, it's an old boys network. <laughs> uh, the Chargers are hiring Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. You're the Cowboys' old offensive coordinator. Um, kind of happened mutually. They said, um, Kellen Moore wanted out. Uh, Jimmy Jerry Jones was like, "Yeah, and I think that's going to be fine." Yeah. And um, uh, what's the coach came 
uh, what's his name? Mike McCarthy? McCarthy came to work and he's like, what happened? And he didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think McCarthy's always wanted to run it a little differently than Kellen Moore does. Um, yeah. Also, there's the old expression, if you're, if you're going to make me cook the meal, let me buy the groceries. Kellen Moore was a guy that Jerry wanted to keep. You know, right. Jerry wanted to keep him. He was kind of his first year as an offensive coordinator and did okay with Dak. They wanted to keep him some consistency for Dak. But clearly this isn't putting Dak in the best possible situations. Even though when Dak was in there, we were one of the better offenses in the NFL. But during crunch time, bad decisions got made. And so that's, that's the tough one. It's not going to be McCarthy taking over as offense coordinator, right? You guys are going to be looking to hire somebody? We don't know. He might be the play caller. Oh. You know, McCarthy okay. might call these plays instead of killing more. Interesting. And we'll have to keep an eye on for that one. Um, Falcons bring in their new defensive coordinator. They get Ryan Nielsen. He was the former Saints defensive coordinator slash, I think, assistant coach last year. I think it's an improvement. The Saints defense is pretty solid. Yeah, Nielsen was a guy the Vikings were uh, interviewing, too, for their defensive coordinator. So Falcons get him a nice contract, uh, pick him up there. Those are my coordinator hires. Those are my head coaching hires. Those That's the news we have for the coaching stuff. Um, gosh, I didn't even put down the list here of who that leaves us for head coaching positions still open. Cardinals. Yep. And is that it? No, there's another. Um. Uh, still the Colts. I guess technically Saints. Well, the Colts, no, Colts. Yeah. The Saints, no, it's still Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen wasn't let go. No, okay. he's retained. Okay. So. All right. Um, yeah, and then Steve Wilkes didn't get Carolina, so we'll see if he lands somewhere as a coordinator. They've been talking about that. Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> Dan, we got to talk about it, I think, because it, it happened and we, we brought it up at the beginning. Tom Brady is retiring. Oh, Tommy Once boy. again. Uh. W- What's funny on this, I think, for our podcast is we had a, like a back-to-back episode thing about it uh, in the last offseason mm-hmm. when he did this to us then. There was the rumored retirement, so we started talking about it. Then there was the actual retirement, so we brought it up again like, yeah, we kind of already covered this, but he's retired. And then there was the unretirement where we were just sick of it by then. Um, uh, all of the uh, stuff that came out after this retirement said that it sure seemed like either he was going to come back for Tampa Bay or not at all. When you step back and think about it, it kind of makes sense. Does this 46-year-old really want to do a free agency tour? Um, unless he thought he was going to go win it again one more time somewhere like uh, Peyton Manning kind of did. You know, It wouldn't make a lot of sense. He's very old when it comes to terms of football. But let me once again read out his uh, – um, his long list uh, here, uh, just the quick one, seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs, 15 Pro Bowls, six All-Pros. He owns the most career wins, owns the most career passing yards, owns the most passing touchdowns, and he's made the playoffs 20 of 21 seasons as a starter. He's the greatest football player of all time. Yep. And it's Jerry Rice is a pretty solid number two. And I didn't think we'd ever get to a point where somebody was the number one over Jerry Rice. But we're here. We were here last year. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this. (laughs) I mean, in fairness, he said it. He goes, listen, you only get to write one fucking emotional essay for retirement. I did that shit last year, so I'm out. I'm glad he did that. He kept it to under a minute, and now he's going to go make a boatload of money for Fox. Good for you, Tom Brady. Congratulations. And I was (laughs) was talking to my wife about this. She goes, goes, "Ah," but he lost everything. I went. Did he, though? 
Did he? Did he lose <laughs> everything? Because I'm pretty sure he's still in his mid-40s, smoking hot, rich, and now single. So we're <laughs> we're going to be hearing some pretty solid Tom Brady fuck stories coming along here, where it's like, did you know Tom Brady actually ran uh, a train through like 48 women uh, when he visited New Orleans? And we'd all be like, yeah, yeah, that that actually tracks. That makes sense. And they'd be like, and they all said he was the greatest. And you're like, I, I know. All right, you don't have to keep going. Like, we know he's fucking great, I'm sure. I'm sure he's the best in the business at that, too. But that's that's the situation with Tom Brady now. He is he is the greatest of all time. Unless Pat Mahomes wins five more fucking Super Bowls, there's nobody coming for him that's still in the that's currently in the NFL. So Yeah. Yeah, it's uh he's gonna be the GOAT for at least a generation, too. That's uh, that's maybe the most impressive part. He's got a generation to kind of just watch and see how this goes. So let's talk about moving forward. They plug him in as a color commentator next to a, a good play-by-play guy. Do you think he succeeds? Do you think it's somebody you're going to like to listen to on Sundays? I think he might. I mean, his his legacy is so secure. I mean, we haven't talked about what a bad job Tony Romo's done this year, uh, even though I love him. Yeah, we tip. Yeah, we kind of tipped into it at the end of or in the last episode, and it's kind of come up. Yeah, he's kind of becoming a fanboy more. Yeah, so I think. Tom Brady, as such a bitter, vindictive piece of shit, uh, clearly, cl- the man is has bitterness <laughs> to his core. I think he might make a real fun color commentator because I think he'll yeah. he'll be able to say shit with impunity that no one else will be like, how dare you, Tom Brady? Be like, I was the greatest of all time. How dare you speak to me? Uh, you know, if he's, I don't think he's going to want to watch Jets games at the quarterback position. <laughs> you know, he's going to be like, this is fucking awful. This is basic shit. Everybody's blowing it. I think he's going to have a really fun first or second year, and then the FCC is going to shut him down because he's going to curse on air too much. Yeah. Or did did he see the opening for 80 for Brady, realized, (laughs) God dang it, I can act amazingly. I'm going for an Oscar. And all of a sudden now we're just going to see Tom Brady and all the big family dramas uh, every year. (laughs) Going for more awards. Just now... In the uh, in the in the performance stage. Oh God! Well, can you imagine if he's just like, no, I'm doing a doll's house. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> what? Why? It's like I'm gonna do a musical. I'm doing pajama game. You're like, God damn it, Tom! The, somebody wrote uh, Forrest Gump too. They they dusted that script off, and Tom Brady's gonna be this motherfucker, <laughs> and he was great in it too. God damn it, he's still amazing. Anyways, um, yeah, Tom Brady retires, walks into the Hall of Fame. All that good stuff. We'll still talk about him, obviously. He's not going anywhere out of the NFL limelight. He's just not going to be playing for anybody next year. Um, And then finally, Dan, the last news I have is the salary cap. I tinted at that. Salary cap is set at a whopping $224.8 million. Um, That is how much you get to spend on your team, except it doesn't count the bonuses and the signing you know, for signing and uh, extras and the money down the line. Yeah, and none the of the money's actually real. Stuff that you real. can convert into. Yeah, um, this is a sixteen point six million dollar jump from last year. Uh, last year did have the greatest jump we've seen, a twenty five point seven million, but that was coming off of the COVID year where they didn't change it like at all. So uh, they were kind of readjusting for it. This sixteen point six is a massive jump on a normal year. Is what they're saying. So, so the um, number one yeah. cap hit. Uh, oh, I was getting to it. You looked it up. I was. Gonna, oh, I, I was going to quiz you. I knew what it was. <laughs> you knew what it was. I knew what it was at uh, 
$38.6 million here in 2022. Who was it? Deshaun Watson. Wait, are you talking? Oh, about, that's wait, next year. Oh, that's next year. Sorry. In 2022, wasn't next it? Next year. It was Aaron, wasn't it? No, a $38.6 million cap hit in 2022, at least from the side I saw it. It was Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, oh, right. No, that's... I think straight up cap hit. I think because Aaron got, you know, a bunch of money and bonus and stuff, I thought. This is what I saw. I saw 2021's was $32 million, Russell Wilson. Yeah. You're right, though. 2023 next year's is Deshaun Watson at... Fifty-four million nine hundred ninety-nine nine hundred ninety-three thousand dollars. Dak's Dak's right behind him at almost fifty million. So we got that's true. Got yeah. some issues there. Got some issues at the top two spots. Quarterbacks are half of the. No, not not yet. But so a quarter. So I'm gonna quarter. I'm gonna give you quarter. real quick the top ten. I'm not gonna tell you the numbers. But I'm going to tell you, you tell me how many of these fucking guys for 2023 actually a, deserve to be in the top 10 in terms of cap hit. It's tough because some of them get paid for their previous success. You know, oh, Some of them are getting... There's one yeah. in the top 10 that's not okay. playing. Oh, God. Tom Brady has a $35 million cap hit to sit at home on his couch. Uh, $35 well, million yeah, because of the way they structure the contract. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers... Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. You could make the argument that maybe only three of those guys are top ten quarterbacks. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. That's a tough well, spot to be in. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mahomes is going there and stuff, but how impor- important it is to have a quarterback young enough or on a rookie deal or on a cheap deal so you can build a team around him. I mean, it really is. When you're paying these guys this much money, I think uh, you could. We can almost say both of our teams are kind of taking a hit due to the money that our quarterbacks are getting paid. Yeah, it's uh, it's not ideal. I will give you the, in my mind, the best value next year is Kenny Pickett. He's uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, he's in his second he's, year of his contract, only making three point two million dollars. Is the thirty second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He was a first-round draft pick, so they get a fifth-year option on him, and no other rookie quarterback is really worth it right now. So, although Justin Herbert's <laughs> not be starting, deal. Justin Herbert's only making eight and a half million dollars on his rookie deal. Yeah, that's but nobody good. was drafted. Who's drafted last year is that's true. Going to be starting next year probably. We'll see what. Yeah, I don't know if Falcons do. Um, okay, well those are. The the news I got those are that's all of the the games too. Like I said, next week guys, we'll we'll hit up more on the Super Bowl Fifty Seven and that uh, Eagles Chiefs game. Um, I've got some crazy stats, so yeah, let's wrap up the show. Thank you guys for listening. Um, when you only do two episodes, you get off a little bit early. What are you going to hey, say? Hey. <laughs> we still already done an hour though. Um, but yeah, uh, please come back next week. We'll we'll get one in here before the begin the kickoff of the big game, and then right after the Super Bowl, Dan, what, what does the Push Out Podcast dip into? We get into scouting. That's right. We are going to mm-hmm. be scouting the hog mollies. We are going to be <laughs> scouting the fucking speedsters, the demons on the outside, the shutdown corners. You know, we are going to be talking about the edge rushers. We are going to be talking about those cannon armed young bucks at the quarterback position. It's going to be a fucking smorgasbord 
of uh, yeah. of young talent coming into the NFL. I think I think huh. we're scouting. How many guys are we scouting? Are we scouting almost a hundred guys. <laughs> the numbers get more and more every day. Yeah, um, scouting, we're I scouting four hundred yeah. people. Next week, give me a heads up on uh, maybe our our first uh, group of uh, position. I'll get I'll get watching on some some tape best I can, or at least I think what we did last year was I was more uh, towards like the write up on the guys, maybe yeah. something like that. And I th- I think but we're actually fun. gonna we're gonna break it out a little bit. I've I've gotten the position groups down where instead of doing two position groups a week, we're gonna do one, so we can actually do yeah. a nice little deep dive. We're not over scouting week to week. I like that. I think we did that last year. That worked out well. So. Uh, if you if you're having an idea, I want to get ahead of what we do for our draft stuff. Uh, all of the last few seasons are up on uh, pushoff.com. You can take a look and see just how close we were to uh, the drafts. Uh, I think we were pretty dang close last year. So take a look and see um, where we'll be this year. By the end of it, we'll, we'll have a pretty good mock for you. I've never been wrong about an elite prospect ever. There you go. That's the one guarantee Dan's I can make his, you. He's put he's putting uh. It, it all on the line, you guys. So, um, his entire reputation, it's there. It's laying on that line. <laughs> um, I got some crazy stats. Yeah. You hear them? Here we go. Uh, let's give it up to our man, Andy Reed. We talked about him earlier. He is now second all time in playoff wins with 21 moving ahead of the great Tom Landry. Wow. Well, Tom, only obviously, one you team, know, so. <laughs> that's right. Obviously, you know, who's in first. Oh yeah. Belichick at how many? Can you guess how many playoff wins he's got? If uh, Andrew Reid's second with 21? I'm going to say 34. Oh, close. 31. Oh, I was like, ah, I knew it was, I knew it was so in the Belichick 30s. just 10 in. Yeah, already that much more, though. That's crazy. He's um, 50% higher almost. There you go. The team uh, that wins Super Bowl LVII this year will finish with more wins at State Farm Stadium this season than the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, yuck. <laughs> yeah. Cardinals didn't do well at home this year. Um, with Tom Brady, I think this might have been a crazy stat last year too, but it's it's a good one, so it's brought back up if it was. With Tom Brady's retirement, the only active QB with multiple Super Bowl rings is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy going to be down, down in uh... – Tampa Bay here pretty soon. I I got a sneaking suspicion. Yeah, I was saying he goes back to New England with uh, Bill O'Brien coming back. But oh, that'd be interesting. Like we we talked about too. Bill O'Brien knows Mac Jones from Alabama, so we'll see. Um, oh, here's another Tom Brady one. If you take away Tom Brady's number one target uh, touchdown guys like Gronkowski, Moss, Edelman, Welker. And Evans. Let's say you take all those guys away in his career. He still comes out seventh overall, tied with Big Ben in touchdowns. That's a lot. That's I mean, twenty three years. That's a long time in the league. Yeah. For yeah, yeah. And Roethlisberger played forever yeah. and too and uh and started all those seasons in seventh of overall. Yeah. Crazy. And then finally, a uh, little Jaguar news. The Jacksonville Jaguars have had more head coaches in their history than they've had punters. <laughs> really? <laughs> Nine head coaches, eight punters. Well, I, I have an old uh, Jacksonville punter. I have Brian Anger on my team. He's been great. There you go. Uh, and those are your crazy stats, folks. Um, that's what we got for this week. Uh, Push-off podcast championship weekend is over. 
We have our matchups for the Super Bowl. And now we've got this, you know, random weekend here, Super Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl games. You guys can watch those, I guess. Uh, I'll probably just catch the highlights on YouTube the next day. <laughs> um, Dan, please, uh, why don't you bring us down uh, for uh, this week with your parting words of wisdom. Just because Tom Brady's done with football doesn't mean we are. We have one more game to go to put a crown, put a bow on this season. And no matter what happens, 31 teams are going to be disappointed. (laughs) 31 teams (laughs) will be a little bummed out. And one team will be more overjoyed than they will ever experience again in their life. Um, And I just really hope it's not the Eagles. (laughs) That's really it. You know, best of luck to everybody in the NFL except the Eagles for next year and for this next game. Here we are. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening uh, to another episode of the Push Out Podcast. We do this every week, so tell your friends, uh, post it on your social medias, and um, come back every come back every week. We love we love hearing from you. Uh, I am Scott. And this is Dan. You have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Oh